been in a series called The Power of Faith. How many of you know there's power in faith? And so last week, <clears throat> we talked about the steps of faith. Say this after me. Say, you got to see it, speak it, see it, sort it, seize it. I literally preached a whole series last week in one message. You got to see it, speak it, see it, sort it, and see it. How many of you know that there is a clear application of faith, that it is our faith that pleases God? How many of you want to please God? Wave at me out there if you want to please God. It is our faith that pleases God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, <clears throat> we ended off on seizing it. Seize it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to seize it. You got to seize it. Now, listen, talking about the dream, dreaming the dream is a lot different than living the dream. And so if we're going to operate in faith, we have to know that there are some obstacles of faith. There are some obstacles of faith. So this is what I'm talking about today in overcoming faith. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. I want to read this to you. First John 5, 4 through 5. You see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world's conquerors defeating his power? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? When you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you have the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of you, and you have the ability to overcome. Now, if you are more than conquerors and you have the ability to overcome, then that tells us there are going to be some things you have to overcome. You might be having to overcome something right now. Wave at me if you have to overcome something right now. I know we can put on the pretty face during Sunday service and say, hey, everything looks great, everything's awesome, but you might be facing some things that you need to overcome, maybe in your personal life, maybe in your family, maybe in your finances. And I'm here to tell you today that God has given us the secrets to be able to overcome by faith. I want to read this also today. It says this, 2 Timothy 4, 7, this is Paul speaking. Paul the apostle wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he said this to his protege, Timothy. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. How many of you want to fight the good fight? That you don't want to just start off good, but you want to end good. I've seen a lot of people start off good. Oh, I'm faithful to Jesus. I'm going to live for God. But they lost the faith. Because obstacles came. See, Jesus speaks of there are different kinds of seeds. There's a seed that goes on hard ground in the enemy. The seed is the word of God. We're the ground. The enemy comes and takes that seed. There's a seed that goes into the ground, and it, it actually starts to, to take, take root, but there's rocks under there. So they get excited about God. Woo! I'm excited about God. But then the sun comes out and scorches that seed. Then there's another seed that falls on good ground, and it's growing, man. It's producing fruit. People that found purpose, and they're excited about God, but then the distractions of life come. The distractions of life come, which are the thorns, and they choke out this fruit. And then there was one, say one, that fell on good ground. That is you. That is me. Fell on good ground, and it produced 30, 60, 100-fold. It became a flourishing, fruitful tree that lasted like oak trees. You look around at Audubon Park, you see these oak trees that have been here for years and years and years. They have faced storms. They have faced obstacles. How many of you want to be like those great oaks at the end of the day? That we didn't start good, but because we faced some heat, we faced some distractions, we face some obstacles that we back down in faith. No, we take the tools that God has given us to be able to fight this fight of faith. And if you're in a fight today, I want to encourage you, you're not alone. There are people all over the world that are also in a fight of faith. That's why we need each other as a community to hold each other's arms and say that you can make it and I'm going to help you see to it that you get on the other side. How many of you want to get on the other side? 
Jesus literally told the disciples, I want you to take a boat and go to the other side of the lake. And in the middle of the lake was a storm. And Jesus literally in the storm showed his faithfulness on how he can calm the winds and the waves. Sometimes when you think that winds and waves are occurring, you're thinking maybe you're outside of the plan of God. I'm here to tell you sometimes when you're following after Jesus, there are obstacles that he will allow you to go through to strengthen your faith. There are things that he will allow you to go through so that you will be stronger and that you will be able to reach more people. And so I want to talk to you about that today. When I think of somebody that has great faith or overcoming faith, I think of Joseph. Do you all remember Joseph in the Bible? I think of Joseph. I want to give you three obstacles today to overcome, three obstacles to overcome for enduring faith, for enduring faith. Now, if you haven't heard the story of Joseph, let me give you some context. We see this in Genesis 37. We've all heard of Abraham. Abraham is the father of faith. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Israel had 12 sons, and the last son, his name was Joseph. Those 12 sons would eventually become the nation of Israel or the 12 tribes of Israel <clears throat> but Joseph was the younger. Now, Joseph became a great authority in Egypt and actually saved the people of God, the Jewish people, from a famine. Now, Joseph had this dream when he was younger that this was going to happen. He was literally the right-hand man to Pharaoh, and he saved his family from a famine. A lot of times we hear the end of the story and say, wow, you really just like, you really killed it. But when you look at Joseph's life, he had to go through obstacles to be able to get to that place. Joseph was known as a dreamer, a person of faith. He was known as somebody that knew what God wanted him to do, but he had to overcome some things. The same things that Joseph had to overcome are the same things we have to overcome. How many of you want to overcome by faith today? Yes. Now, <clears throat> Joseph, he was the youngest of Jacob, and he was the favorite. How many of you have a, you know in your siblings there's a favorite in your family? I hope not, but <laughs> some of you are like, yes, I'm the favorite. How many of you think you're the favorite? That says a lot about you. You probably are. I don't have a favorite in the family, but Joseph was the favorite. Um, and Joseph had a problem. He liked to flaunt it a little bit. Joseph, his, his dad made him this coat of many colors, right? And it was this, I mean, in today's terms, this was a Gucci coat. This was a uh, maybe a Burberry coat. I mean, this was uh, Armani coat. This thing was flashy. It was nice. And uh, the dad, Jacob, gave him this coat. And it was really signifying, like, you're my favorite. How many of you would be ticked if your siblings got that coat and not you? Anybody here? You're like, okay, what's going on here? He was clearly like, Jacob was like, he just like, admitted it, okay, this is my favorite son. That would make me a little upset, right? Now, <clears throat> Joseph, his name actually means God will give. God will give. God will increase. So Joseph does not have a confidence problem. He's a dreamer. He, he feels like he's the favorite. He knows he's the favorite. His name literally means that God will increase me. And Joe, he's such a dreamer that he gets this dream, and he is a star, and his brothers are stars, but these stars start bowing down to him. And he's so arrogant when he's younger and he's dreaming that he tells his brothers that one day you'll bow down to me. How many of you know that's a little arrogant? One day, you know, I'm going to be in a place, and uh, you're going to all bow down to me. The thing is, this was a dream from God. It was a a dream that God gave Joseph. It was a dream that God gave Joseph, but his brothers were so jealous of him, were so jealous of him that one day when his father Jacob told Joseph 
to go tell your brothers, oh, go check on your brothers in the fields to see if they're doing their job. How many of you know that's an aggravating sibling? They're the ones that's spying for the parents. So he's literally going and checking on his brothers, and his brothers are so jealous of him, so aggravated with him, that they see him, and this is where we end up in Genesis 37, 18. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. That's sewage. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him, and then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. I don't know if you've had a bad week, but I promise you, you probably have not got thrown into the sewage by your brothers that wanted to kill you. That's a bad day. Can you imagine the rejection just because you have a dream? Every one of his brothers, there's 12 brothers in all, so 11 people, the only people in your household. Can you imagine the rejection that comes along with that? That has to be some heavy rejection. You see, one of the things that you're going to have to overcome if you're going to step out in faith, you're going to have to overcome some rejection. It's inevitable. I I wish I could tell you that that's not going to come, but ask any person that starts a business, ask any salesman, ask anybody that steps out to do anything. If you can't handle rejection, you will fold. But God gives us the ability to handle, sometimes he allows rejection because he doesn't want us just to rely on people. He wants us to rely on the approval of God. See, I don't know if you've ever been rejected or not, maybe when you were little, You're like wanting to get picked on the team. They didn't pick you. I don't know if somebody bullied you or, you know, said that your ears were too big for your face or, you know, whatever the case may be. But rejection is never fun. And you have to know that rejection will ultimately, it will put you in a dark place. Have you ever been rejected? Are you going through rejection? Rejected by a boss, rejected by a coworker, rejected by your own family. Think about this guy that ends up at the top of the top. The first obstacle that he had to overcome was rejection. Are you dealing with rejection? Rejection with a spouse, rejection of a child. You might have big dreams, and if you're stepping out, this is not very encouraging, but God will allow you to rely on him instead of people. And if you're going through rejection right now, I want to encourage you, get the right perception of rejection because on the other side of rejection will become your fruitfulness. See, we don't walk through many doors in faith in our life because we're scared of rejection. The way that we process rejection will really determine the doors that we open, that we walk into in our life. If we are not able to deal with rejection, then we will not be able to fully walk out in faith because here's a news flash for you. When you start living for God, not everybody is going to applaud you. When you start living for God, not everybody is going to be excited for you. I knew that wasn't going to get too many amens. When you start living for God, there are times where you have to overcome some things by faith. See, rejection can make you feel isolated, lonely, insecure, suspicious. Have you ever felt that way? Wave at me. God does not want you to feel that way. God does not want you to feel insecure on the outside looking in and feel rejected. How many of you know that God wants you to have confidence? Joseph had this resolve. In the middle of a cistern, in the middle of sewage, thrown in a hole, thrown thrown in a pit, I believe that Joseph remembered something. 
In the middle of his rejection, he remembered that he was the favored one. In the middle of his rejection, he remembered that he was favored. See, you can take my coat away from me, but you can't take God that's favoring me, my heart of security in him, from me. His brothers literally took the coat, took it off from him, covered it in blood, but you could not take that security from him that you can take my coat, you can abandon me, but I still believe that I'm favored by God. Some of you today, you need to remember that no matter what the circumstances look like, you are still favored by God. See, the tendency of rejection is to internalize rejection and begin to criticize yourself, and you, be, you become your worst enemy, and you will find yourself not stepping out because you deal with rejection. And if you internalize that, see, people that really deal with rejection, they live a life of manipulation. Because if you don't satisfy me, I'll have a defensive me mechanism up and I will reject you before you reject me so I can toy with your emotions so you can do what satisfies me. How many of you know that people over time will see through manipulation? People that deal with manipulation, the majority of the time it's because they've been rejected. They don't feel good enough for who they are, so they want to manipulate other people's emotions because they have been hurt. It is true that hurt people hurt people. You know, there has to be a resolve. Did you know there was a resolve? On, can you imagine Jesus at the cross? At one moment, the crowd is like, you are Jehovah. You're the son of David. And he's healing the multitudes. Can you imagine everybody turning their back on Jesus and say, crucified him? If Jesus were to be rejected when he's on earth, how much more will we be rejected when we're on earth? But Jesus said this in his heart, God forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I want you to write this down. I'm at my best when I believe the best. I'm at my best when I believe the best. There has to be a resolve. There has to be, you know, People can reject me, but my life is not geared by people's acceptance. Do you live by people's acceptance? Most people that really try to prove, really feel insecure and rejected, they're the people that are like, I don't care what anybody thinks. You ever notice that? Those are usually the people that care what everybody thinks. What would our life look like if we didn't care what anybody thought? What would our life look like in faith if we live by faith, not caring about the acceptance of people, would we step out a little further? Would we go a little longer? Let me ask you today, do you deal with insecurity in your life? Because God wants to take that insecurity. He wants your security to be in him. Any security outside of God will eventually become a insecurity. You can put a security in a relationship, but that relationship will fail you one time or another. You can put your security in a job, but that job will fail you eventually because it's not the rock. You can put your security in friendships, and all these things are good things. But I'm here to tell you today that if you want a long-lasting faith, you have to put your security in God and not allow rejection in your heart. Some of you that want to branch out, you are backing down because of the rejection you have felt. Look to Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when they all walked away from him. And yet he did not, this is what the Bible says, he despised the shame. Meaning this, he did not let any shame on the inside of him. He despised it. What you need to do today is any rejection that you have felt from your family members, your coworkers, or in your, your family or your neighborhood, you need to despise the shame. Don't let it in. Look at your neighbor and say, don't let it in. 
we don't let it in, we don't let it in when we're confident in how much God loves us. When we're confident, we're, we're confident on how much, how much he loves who we are. We are favored. Look at your neighbor and say, you are favored. The truth is, you are God's favorite. You are God's favorite. You know, God does not make trash. He loves every single creation that he makes. You are God's favorite. Do you feel like God's favorite? Do you feel like the favored? Because that's what God wants you to feel. It is inevitable that if you're going to start anything by faith, you're going to have to overcome rejection. You know, they even say in ministry, if you're going to be in ministry, you need some thick skin with a soft heart. Because as soon as your heart goes hard, you're done. Thick skin and a soft heart. I, I, want, I, want, to, I want that thick skin for us, that being the armor of God, where we do not allow any rejection in our heart. I remember when I first started ministry, and um, this was 18 years ago, about, or seven, maybe, maybe 16 years ago. And um, we had a, a youth group, it was thousands of youth, not thousands, hundreds, there's thousands. No, there's hundreds of youth. And, um, and man, we were just enjoying, enjoying the church, enjoying God. And I knew that I, I never dreamed about being in ministry. Um, I, uh, I wanted to be in real estate and just make enough money just to live for God. That was like my dream. And uh, we had a dynamic youth pastor. And... Um, Man, there was hundreds of, of kids, and, and uh, he eventually, he, there was a point where he was going to move on. And we were asked to become the youth pastors. Well, that sounds like a really good thing, but th this guy had a loyal group of people around him. Now, we were all excited. We're moving in faith, but it was God's first test because this guy eventually had a problem with the church of the pastor. And the whole time we were leading the whole time he was, he was contacting our main group of people, telling them to leave the church. He had influence. And instead of helping us, like, hey, help us, you're leaving, help us, he was like, he, 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 the insecurity took over, and the people that we actually, like, had, did life with, like, these are our friends, it was hard to see them go one by one because there was a transition. But God used that transition because we did not rely on the past to begin to build the future. God used that rejection. I found myself hurt, feeling rejected, feeling alone, crying. And, and in that moment, God was speaking to me that I don't have to feel rejected when I'm accepted by him. And it was the acceptance of God that kept us going. And in the middle of that storm, God allowed us to get a new team and a new generation to be brought up. And I would have never experienced that unless somebody had to leave. There are times when God will allow people to leave your life because he wants to open another door. Don't be scared if people leave your life. It is not because you're not good enough. It is not because you don't have what it takes. It's because God is maneuvering you for the position that he wants you to be in for your destiny. There are many relationships that you can say, what's wrong with me? I thought they loved me. I thought they committed to me. I thought they, and God's saying, listen, see, Pharaoh, God knew how to even harden Pharaoh's heart to let the, the Jews leave Egypt. There are times that people's heart might seem cold, but you actually will go through that with a perception of this closed door will open four more doors for me. The one that left your life, God's going to open a door. You're, the thing that you thought you lost, this was the best thing. The relationship you thought you lost, listen, when you start to know the acceptance of God, you know that he's going to bring you a better thing. Can you imagine Joseph in this cistern? Can you imagine? It was in this point when <clears throat> his brothers were like, okay, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him to the Egyptians. And so they literally, he's in slavery, <clears throat> and in this, this, this situation that he's in, because he did not let a rejection in his heart, God actually made him fruitful. Let's look at this in Genesis 39, 1 through 5. 
When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was a captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything that he did, and he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar soon made Joseph his personal assistant. He put him in charge of the entire household and everything that he owned. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of the master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake, and his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. Because Joseph did not allow rejection in his heart, everything that he put his hand to do flourished. See, when you deal with rejection, you go into open doors expecting rejection, and sometimes it causes you to not even enter into the threshold or past the threshold. God wants you to start to see your rejection as an opportunity to rely on the acceptance of God. So Joseph, even in a place of rejection, found himself fruitful. When you do not allow rejection in your life and you keep going forward with the acceptance of God on your side, you will see yourself become fruitful. But that wasn't all. (laughs) We see Joseph at the end of the book. He is like the right-hand man of Pharaoh. I mean, he's got... He's in charge of it all, and you're like, okay, well, that rejection should be enough. No, there's a second obstacle that you need to be able to overcome if you're going to begin to be, if you're going to have a long-lasting faith. How many of you want to endure? How many of you want to endure? You're going to endure because not only are you going to be able to handle rejection the right way, but listen to what happened to Joseph. Joseph was the right-hand man of Potiphar. But he was a good-looking guy, and Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph, and it was a temptation every day to the point that he ran away from Potiphar's wife, but he, she held on to his cloak, and the, the poor boy found himself running naked down the street. That's another bad day. And she took the cloak, she took the cloak and brought it to her husband and said, Joseph tried to rape me, literally lied about Joseph. He was put in prison. Wait a second, God. You gave me a dream. I have faith. First, none of my brothers accept me. They all threw me in the pit. Now you prosper me, and now I'm experiencing injustice. The second thing that you're going to have to experience or have to overcome, living by faith, injustice. What does injustice mean? It means that some things are just not fair. Some things are just not fair. I would love to tell you, you know, you're going to live for God, you're going to live by faith, and everybody's going to love you and everything's fair. No, God actually begins to purify your faith where there's more of him and less of you. And he does it by saying you're going to reject rejection and you're going to have a certain attitude when it comes to injustice because life is not fair. You thought you should have got that promotion, but somebody else got that promotion. You thought this was the time that your business was going to thrive, but the pandemic hit. You thought that this was the direction that you should go, and the financial thing that you were relying on collapsed. How many of you know that there are times when things are just not fair? You were loving that spouse, and they left. These are unfair circumstances, but through unfair circumstances, if we have the right perception of God, then we will begin to be able to overcome. See, when things are unfair, when things are unjust, when there are false accusations, when we are going through this, I'm telling you, there can be some major anger build up in your life. There can be bitterness build up in your life. Do you know how you know when people have been through some unfair, unjust things, that bitterness begins to spew up and they can't help but slander. Be careful being around people that can't help but talk about everybody else because you're next. 
Come on, somebody. You think you're buddy-buddy with the uh, Miss uh, Slandering uh, Sally at the office. You're next. She's, she's talking about you too, fella. Like, not like me slandering Sally. We're friends. No, she's bitter, and she's about to drag your name through the mud next. You'll find yourself... When you've been through unfair things and bitterness through your life, you'll find yourself being in a place that the only medicine that you feel is to begin to sting somebody else's identity. Your identity has got such a hit from things. The only thing that makes you feel better is to destroy somebody else's identity. How many of you know that that is not the nature of God? That's the nature of the enemy. And so... This can start to take over people's lives. And Joseph, let's be honest, Joseph has every right to be bitter. Would you be bitter? Wait a second. I just got sold into slavery. It looks like my life is going well. And now I just got another left hook to the jaw. I I am accused of something I did not do. And now I'm in prison. But see, Joseph had something in his heart. Not only did he know that he was the favored one, there was another resolve that he had. He remembered what his name meant, which was, I will increase. He knew in the middle of jail and in confinement and uncertain times that he will increase where I am. He had this in his heart. I'm dreaming big, but I know I'm favored and I know I'm going to increase. I am not going to let this prison dictate my freedom. Some of you have been in a, free, uh, a prison of unfair circumstances, but God wants you to have liberty in the middle of that place. Yes. How many of you know that God is the one that vindicates you? Yes. We want to go after other people, but the battle is not ours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Yes. And a lot of times if we don't deal with bitterness... It will get on the inside of us, and it will keep us from enduring in faith. How many of you want to get rid of all bitterness? I don't know why you went through it, but I do know that God can cause your pain into purpose. I do know that God can cause that hardship into a testimony. I do know that he can do it. He can turn it around. And I'm here to tell you, even if you feel like your hands are tied, God will increase you in the middle of your darkness. Joseph knew in this dark spot, I don't know why they did what they did, but I know this, that God is going to increase me right where I am. Are you in a place where you have faced some injustice? Things are not fair. Relationships, job, economy. Chances are the majority of us have. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to lose hope in that dark place. You don't have to lose hope in an unjust place. I remember <clears throat> we were, uh, we just became, uh, <laughs> we just became uh, senior pastors on the North Shore, and we had this school that we were over, and this school really was great for the church because it generated uh, funds for the church, and people that came to the church brought their kids to this school. And uh, right when we got in, we didn't know that there was a vendetta with somebody that was ahead of the school and the person that was in charge at the time. And this, we really relied on the finances of this school. And somebody that we knew, my kids went to this school, somebody that, that we knew from a long time ago did something that we, were, we never, ever dreamed would happen. They wanted a school so bad that they went to the principal and every teacher and had a plan on the day of graduation, when, when our semester was over, tell all the parents, tell all the parents that we will not have a school the next year, and I'm going to double your pay, and we'll start a school down the street. It literally, dis, it, it, dis, it, it caused the school to fold. Everybody turned in their resignation and went down the street to another school that a believer put together that literally made us in a $15,000, $20,000 deficit a month. I don't know if you're going through any financial struggle, but $20,000 a month in the negative is not a fun situation. 
Are you tracking with me? In the middle of that place, I wanted to be angry. I wanted to give people my mind. You're supposed to be a believer. You're hurt us. Could we work together? Could we have come together in this thing? I, I felt not only rejected, but this is not right. But I had to remember that my vindicator is the Lord. And instead of bitterness, I am able to come to God knowing that he has, in unjust situations, he has a plan. When I rely on him, he'll begin to pay me back for the wrong that has been done. And in that place, <clears throat> I remember we literally signed on an over a million dollar uh, loan to float the church. And if it didn't happen, it would come on, back on us. Stressful time. You know, and that building was empty and, and the, 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 we didn't tell anybody what really happened in the community. We didn't tell anybody. We kept it secret because we didn't want to expose anybody because that's not good for believers. So they were flourishing and things are going great. How many of you know that aggravates you when somebody does wrong and then they're getting blessed? You're like wanting to like tell the Daily Star what happened and like, you know, you ruined me and so I'm going to ruin your life because I can. But when you begin to put your trust in God through the injustice, God will make, he will become your vindicator. You might be going through things right now, and I'm here to tell you, everything that the enemy meant for evil, everything that the enemy stole, if you let God fight for you, the enemy will have to pay back seven times. It was a Red Sea moment, man. It was a time where if, if something didn't happen, then all of this finance was going to be on us, and we prayed, and literally... A, uh, a charter school came in. It was a multi-million dollar deal, and our church was up probably four times what it was before. We were able to re we were able to uh, uh, rebuild our church, and man, we were financially stable. And then a storm hit, and guess what? When the storm hit, guess who was affected? The people that stole the building or the school. And in that moment, God said. Okay, I blessed you, even when you've done things wrong, will you begin to bless them even though they did you wrong? I was like, that's Satan. That is not God. I'm glad their house got too, uh, you, know, you know, blew over, you know what I mean? And God said, no, 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 I blessed you to be a blessing. Not just for the people that love you, but even your enemies. God will test your heart in the middle seat. God will, when the enemy means evil and steals from you, when you put your trust in God, the enemy has to pay you back. I was talking to a guy, one of the first people that gave their lives to God here in the church. They moved to Dallas when our church started, and uh, he was starting a business, and his business partner stole all his money and stole the business. He was uh, distraught. And I said, you know what? Listen to me. Listen to me, God didn't want you to be in this. He's closing this door. And if you keep your heart pure, the enemy has to pay you back seven times what he stole. Keep a pure heart. Begin to forgive and begin to watch God do the work. He called me just recently and he said, you know what? I cannot thank you enough for encouraging me so that I could stand on that promise. Today, I'm here to tell you, he said, I'm making 10 times than I ever made before, and I'm in better relationships. God blessed me, God vindicated me, and God made sure that he would take my, he has my back. Come on, if you believe that, give God a hand today. <clears throat> so you have to come to this resolve. I increase when I decrease. I don't do, I don't lash out because I feel like it. I increase when I decrease. And a lot of times we want to lash out in our flesh and our pride, but God is saying, will you let me, will you let me be your vindicator? See, the result of that is favor. Look at what happened to Joseph. Look at what happened to Joseph in Genesis 39, 20. And if Trey, you can come up and play, we're going to close. What happened to Joseph in the middle? Listen to what he did. He served. He served in the middle of prison. He served people in the middle of prison. I think I'd probably be in a place where I'm just ticked off at everybody. 
But Joseph served in the middle of prison. In the middle of injustice, he served, and God favored him. Genesis 39, 20. See, isn't the kingdom upside down? Give, and it will be given. Everything is reciprocal. Everything our flesh wants to do, God says, no, this is how the kingdom works. And if we begin to trust God and in his word, he will show himself faithful. And when you feel like, man, I don't have anything to give, when you feel like, I feel like bitter right now, that's in the time when you begin to serve, God will cause your enemies to be your friends in the future. Did you know those people at the, that school, they, uh, that we actually were able to bless that school with books, that school that was taken? You know, just recently, uh, somebody told me, hey, they're wanting you to speak at that school. I was like, I got to pray about that. <laughs> but did you know, even when we came over here, there were people that were involved in that that actually gave for us to come over here. God will make your enemies, God will make those things that seem like bad turn around in your life and your heart is clean and you're not bitter and God will force your enemies to bless you. How many of you know it's important to have a good perception so that we can endure in faith? Don't let life beat you up. You got to know that God has a plan and he is for you. And when it seems like everybody has been against you or it seems like things are not fair, God is up to a plan for your destiny if you keep a right heart. Genesis 39, 20. So he took Joseph and threw him in the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. That's what God wants to do to you right now in an unjust situation. There are people that have judged you and done you wrong just because of where you came from and skin color. God wants you to say, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And your love for them is like heaping coals on their lap. And in that place where things seem unjust, God wants you to fill, he wants you to be filled with his love. In that place, God showed Joseph his faithful love. And listen to this. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners. And over everything that happened in prison, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to exceed. See, when you begin to bless in the middle of your, your place where there's false accusations and you choose not to lash out, but you give God, knowing God, he's your vindicator, God will begin to give you favor in your life because people will begin to trust your character and God will begin to, because of your humility, God will build favor in your life, even in a dark moment. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. Two years he's in this prison. Two years. And he gets excited, right? Because they have these cupbearers that come and of the king, and the king puts them in prison for a situation in a baker, and they have this dream, and Joseph actually interprets their dream, hoping that when they get out of prison, they will tell Pharaoh that there's a guy in prison that can interpret dreams so Joseph could get out of prison. Well, when, when he interprets their dream, they get out of prison and forget Joseph. They forget Joseph. I'm here serving. I'm loving on people. I'm forgotten. And that's the third thing you're going to have to overcome when you go through faith, is you're going to have to overcome disappointment. In that place, in that place, because, because he choose or chose to have hope, because he chose to bank on the dream that God gave him in the midst of disappointment, gave him the strength for the opportune time there was an opportune time when Pharaoh had a dream and the cupbearer said, man, I forgot to tell you, there's this guy in prison that's able to interpret dreams and he gets out of prison. He gets out of prison. Why? Because Joseph in the middle of disappointment did not forget God's promise. I'm here to encourage you. Disappointments might come, but don't forget the promise of God. 
He believed in the promise that God gave him, the dream that God gave him. Will you bank on the promises of God when everything seems like in disarray? God's word is stronger than any word. God's word is a lot, is a lot more powerful than your circumstance, and he chose this. He said, you know what? I'm going to have a resolve, and in this place where it seems like I'm disappointed, I'm actually going to give in this place. Listen, write this down. You gain when you give. You gain when you give, even if it seems bleak. Martin Luther King said this, the measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. God will allow us to overcome disappointments, to stand on his word, because the result of that is authority. Some of you in the spirit have gotten some spiritual badges because you have refused to give up in controversy, in storms, when the whole world seems like they have lost their mind. You said, I'm banking on God's word, and in the spirit, you're gaining stripes. Do not lose heart. Even if it seems bleak, do not lose heart. God has given you authority in the spirit. And guess what happened? God gave Joseph the wisdom because God spoke to Joseph and told Pharaoh, there's going to be seven years where there's going to be a famine. So start to save now. Joseph in that place got so much favor and authority with Pharaoh Pharaoh said, I want you to rule all the land. And it got Joseph in a position to actually save the same brothers that threw him in a cistern to bring them and feed them and bring them to his land and save their land. I want you to know this, that you might not know what you're going through, but God is beginning to bring you to a place of authority that's causing you to be able to serve at a great capacity. I want you to write this down. The dream is not for me. The dream is to set people free. The dream is not for me. The dream is to set people free. Genesis 5, 50, 20. When his brothers came, Joseph literally wept all those emotions, all those feelings of the past. He was able to bless those that cursed him at the very beginning, and listen to Joseph's mindset. You cannot lose with this kind of mindset. Listen to what Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this day to save my people. What you meant for evil, God is turning around for my good. What you're going through today, God is turning around for your good. Do you have a, a broken heart of rejection? Have you gone through disappointment? Have you gone through things where it just did not seem fair? I'm here to tell you today, if you begin to have eyes of faith, knowing that God's your vindicator, if you begin to have eyes of faith, knowing that God is going to bless you where you are, I'm here to tell you today that God not only can heal you, but he can give you a perspective for you to keep on going. You are not going to be the people that give up when the whole world gives up on the body of Christ. You are not going to be the people that give up on faith when the whole world is going a certain direction. You're going to be a people that endures to the end because you're not letting obstacles control you. You're having a perception that you're able to go through these obstacles. Come on, if you believe that, stand up right where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus said, the Bible says, it was the joy that was set before him that he was able to endure the cross, despising the shame. I'm here to tell you today, God wants that sting of rejection out of your life today. God wants that disappointment in your life to be resolved and settled today. I want to challenge you, if there's any rejection, if there's any bitterness of injustice, if there's any disappointment, you can keep it at the cross of Jesus and live here free and full of faith. How many of you want to live free and full of faith? God's got places for you to go. God's got people for you to reach. God's got dreams for you to fulfill. But it's going to be at a place where you lay down your rejection. You lay down false accusation. 
and you lay down injustice in your life and disappointment. You know, the Bible says that hope deferred, meaning hope that you had and it seemed too long, it makes the heart sick. I'm here to tell you today, at the cross of Jesus, you can get that heart healed and have hope again. I'm here to tell you that you can believe again. You might be in a prison, you might be thrown in a pit, but God's gonna cause the pit to put you in a palace and a place where God is gonna use you in a mighty way. Do you believe that? First, I wanna say a prayer for anybody in here that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna give you an opportunity. The Bible says that when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And we have a team today that's gonna to pray alongside of you. Can we say that all together today? If you don't have a relationship with God, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I turn away from my own way and I pick up your way. Come into my life. From this day forward, I make you my Lord and my Savior. If you said that prayer today, if nobody looking around, just lift up your hands. I'm gonna pray for you. I see your hand in the back. I'm not gonna embarrass you, I see your hand. God, I thank you for everybody that lifted their hand today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that all old things are passed away and all things become new in their life. I thank you that there's a party going on in heaven right now because they turn to you. And Lord, I pray that they will get solid in your body, they will get solid in a church, and that they will be discipled and follow you all the days of their life. Now, everybody in this room, if you say, you know what, I want uh, enduring faith, just lift your hands right where you are. Lord, I thank you for everybody that's lifting their hands. Lord, I thank you that today you are beginning to allow them to drop any rejection at your cross. We thank you that it is at your cross that you absorb all rejection. You cleanse away all injustice and bitterness in our life, and you begin to renew us, and you're making disappointments work in our favor. And right now, I pray for adrenaline of faith into their souls right now. Give them hope again. Give them faith again. Let them feel your love right where they are. In the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to have a prayer team that comes up here, and, and we're going to end today. And if you would like to have prayer, we would love to pray with you. Let me just pray for your week. Lord, I thank you for everybody that's in here for their week. Lord, let them have a week of faith. Let them have a week where they have divine appointments in their life. Let them put away the rejection and step into their divine destiny, Lord, that they go into the doors that you have opened for them in the mighty name of Jesus.